Welcome to the Reroot Podcast, where we engage in powerful discussions which leave you empowered as an evolved soul and awakened human being. If you thrive on freedom and sovereignty, if you agree that making a difference in the world begins with making that difference within yourself, we first want to say thank you for your dedication. And listen in. This podcast is for you. I'm so honored that you chose to tune in. In this episode, I'm speaking with my very dear friend, Ariane Teleshuski, founder of The Inward Path, which is an online platform for us to explore the world of internal growth and create a healthy and trusting relationship with ourselves. Ariane and I will be talking about what makes consciousness so important. How do we distinguish when we're being conscious and when we're not? And how does this impact us as well as the world around us? If you're looking for some soul food, look no further. Take a long, nourishing breath and listen on. Hi, Ariane. Welcome again to the show. Hi, Cynthia. How's it going? It's going pretty crazy amazing and crazy. <laughs> yep, I definitely resonate with that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put it any other way than what you just said there. <laughs> Very interesting times, isn't it? Very interesting times. I think we could say that pretty much every every show, every episode, every moment of every day. Every day, literally. I'm literally watching doors of opportunity open up pretty much every day. And I know you see it too because we're in this process together. It's pretty astounding, hey? Have you been noticing the vibe these past days? Like what yeah. have you been feeling that's going on in the past few days? The past few days, it just feels like a totally different world, a totally different life and environment. And a part of me doesn't really, there's a part of me that doesn't know what to do with that. But then there's also a deeper part of me that recognizes that I'm totally safe. And this is all actually quite amazing. And to trust the process, even though my my logical mind can't understand any of it. <laughs> there's, what about you? What are you feeling? Oh man, I feel I feel like the there's an energy buildup. It's almost yeah. like something's about to blow and yeah. my internals feel like they're vibrating at a really high frequency and I'm up to so much at the same time and it's great. Like it's a great feeling. It's not overwhelming. There's all these amazing great things going on in my life. Amazing projects. And I'm encouraged and motivated to do it all. But I wish I could do more in one time. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if, it, if it's a reaction to what I'm feeling on the collective or if it's just me in my life. I have no answer to that, really. And a lot of these big new projects that you're working on, they're coming about... How do I say this? <clears throat> it's like as if there are many of us that are tuning into different ways of living and being now. Along with the past year, we've had so many of our beliefs and ways of living challenged, and so many of that has changed. And now in this new year, it's like as if many of us are called to now implement new ways of living and implement all of the changes and shifts or take steps towards creating something new. Because last year was so much about shaking and stirring up and things pretty... There's you know, I, I can safely say, at least I hope I can safely say that 
old systems are kind of falling apart. <laughs> I love how you slipped a kinda in there. <laughs> kinda. So wouldn't it make sense? (laughs) So wouldn't it make sense that we're we're starting this new year with uh, a new perspective and a new stride and a new rhythm and new opportunities are coming our way? Maybe not for everyone, but for those people who are listening who don't feel that, I would invite you to be open to it. This isn't just for certain people. This is for anyone who's open to it. And I remember you, me, and my partner, and another couple of our friends that we are moving forwards with, Cynthia, in this incredible time of change. I remember all of us stating very late last year that, okay, life, we are open to new, sustainable, amazing opportunities to uh, to live, to create wealth, to be sustainable, to be abundant, to help people. So we stated it, we opened up ourselves up, and... The opportunities are coming. It's simple. It's not special people. <laughs> it's not certain people. It's it's an invitation for all of us. You're right. You and I did voice that out. And lo and behold, this year started and there's a momentum like I've never seen before. These opportunities are coming out of everywhere and nowhere. And it's truly fascinating and amazing and miraculous in a sense. It's definitely got a magical aspect to it. So this is just absolutely amazing. And I I really do think that it's a result of what we've been bringing into our lives and how we've been living our, our lives with consciousness. This is a great way to start the topic of the day, which is what makes consciousness so important. The word consciousness is said very often in in our world now, and we use the word a lot. And I think it would be great to talk about the impacts that it has. I mean, we kind of globally know what consciousness is, but really, why is it so important to bring it into our lives? How does it impact us? And how does it impact the people around us? And also, how does it impact us and the world around us when we don't bring in consciousness, especially during these times? Yeah, those are amazing questions. It'd be so great to explore this. And it is pertinent times right now. I think that it's a really good subject to explore. Um, so I'm envisioning a world where people where people are living and acting from a conscious space. So maybe we can explain a bit about how we see that, the definition of that. I see people living and being in a conscious way, uh, those people are living from a sovereign space. So they are able to think and feel for themselves and they are not acting unconsciously. So behaving from a space of, um, from a fear space or uh, a space where they are reiterating what everything out there, people and places and things out there in the external world are telling them how to be and how to behave in a certain way. They, That's like more of like, I I would define that as more of an unconscious way of living and being. So living consciously is uh, being from a place of presence and living uh, from there, from a place of wholeness. So I'm envisioning a world like that. And I'm seeing people right away, the word that's coming is harmony. There's a very harmonious environment 
an inward harmonious environment and outward harmonious environment. I know that living from a space of wholeness, I'll give an example for myself. Uh, it's a constant reminder that I'm connected to everything and there's zero separation from me and the other people and the elements and the earth. And so if I am behaving a certain way or doing a certain thing, I know it's going to have repercussions on everything. It's, it's taking responsibility for the wholeness of, of everything and not separating myself. So, and that's not done with pressure on my back. Oh, I'm, I'm whole and connected to all things. So I have to behave a certain way. It's actually not that at all. <laughs> it's actually um, a very fluid and um, beautiful state that we can all tap into. It's something that I'm discussing a lot online now with one of my uh, new uh, Instagram forums and on my website. I feel so called to talk about this because it's something I feel like we need to be reminded of. I know I do. I can slip in and out of that uh, conscious wholeness space. And it's that's totally okay because we're human. What is it like when you slip out of that conscious state? Yep. Uh, I can put this in a really fundamental visceral way. One feels like an expansion and the other one feels like a contraction. One feels open, expansive, and easeful, and the other one feels limiting, almost like survival, fear-based, stuck in the mind. Very big difference between the two. Yeah, I notice when, I, when I'm out of that space of consciousness, and, and it happens to all of us. You said it before, it happens for every single one of us, I think nobody really lives entirely in consciousness. And if you do, congratulations, that's awesome. <laughs> but in my case, I do realize that when I slip out of it, I become really reactive mm -hmm. and I tend to project yeah. whatever negative emotion that I'm feeling onto other people, onto the things that I'm doing. And it's just not a fun space to be in especially now that there's all of this collective um, fear, like you're talking about earlier, and there's anxiety in the air, there's stress in the air, there's suffering in the air. And if I were to react to that, in other words, not be aware of my own internal state and just react to what's happening, um, I would probably you know, be more angry and more upset and have more anxiety and depression and all of those things. And yet being conscious bring, or I'll say bringing consciousness into my life allows me to feel those things, all of those things. It doesn't mean that I'm not feeling those things, but I do feel those things very much so, but I feel them entirely and I don't let them affect me. So not reacting. I find that that's one of the major, major uh, impacts of bringing conscious practice into my life. Yeah. And with reactivity I and mean, everything you said is awesome. That's so freaking cool. Everything you just said. Uh, when it comes to not reacting, something can happen, something scary, and I cannot react because I'm suppressing my reaction or I cannot react because I'm breathing i'm taking a step back and i'm relaxing in the moment and in the sensations and in the feeling of it all two very different very different things funny i was really in, i was inspired i was listening to something today and it it had me see bringing consciousness into the, my everyday life from a different perspective as well when we when we talk about 
the different opinions that are roaming through the air these days. Like everybody has a different opinion and there's a lot of different views on what is happening right now. And we feel oftentimes that we need to change other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. We need to change other people's views in order to change the world. And I realize that that's not the case. That's that's us reacting to our outside world. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's a reaction, therefore, kind of a, that, you know, omittance of consciousness, if you want, or dropping out of consciousness, as we were saying earlier. Yeah. And when we are conscious, we can let the world be the way it is without necessarily wanting to change it. It doesn't make it that it doesn't mean that we don't voice our opinions or we don't voice our beliefs in such a way, like just to express them, but without the intention of changing other people's opinions and beliefs. Yeah, totally. If if we're being from a conscious space, then everything is part of the whole and it's all part of the process. So if I'm freaking out over a certain group of people that thinks a certain way, um, I've lost my, my space of whatever you want to call it, consciousness, presence, clarity, connection, it's gone. And I've played around with that recently because I did let myself slip into that recently. I was, I was exploring and experimenting. And I noticed that when I was afraid for myself, my future, and my safety because of a certain group of people out there that thinks a certain way in the world right now, I couldn't get the fear out of my system. My nervous system was immediately reacting and I literally wanted to run, run. I don't know where nobody can run anywhere right now. This is the whole, (laughs) the whole world that's going through this. So it was a very strong visceral reaction to just go and run. And I caught, I observed myself in that state and recognized that I could definitely choose differently I don't want to bring this fear into my nervous system, into my body, into my life, into everyone that I love around me. There's another choice here. There's always another choice, people. There's always other options. Always. That's a consciousness mindset, right? Always recognizing that we can choose otherwise. So I let myself step in more into that space of wholeness as we're talking about here, Cynthia. And there was no anger or fear for survival anymore. There was no judgment. It's like stepping out of that duality, like tug of war, and it's stepping out of it entirely and seeing it all as an interacting, an interaction of energy. I don't need to control it. I can be in this space, anchor this presence, and I don't. And by doing that, I'm not. In, I'm not inviting any fear in my life. And someone might say, "Oh, yeah, but you're not engaging in life, and you're being passive, and you're avoiding." And, and I would say, "No, that's the opposite." I'm actually participating fully and not projecting my opinions and my perspectives and my biases. I'm even more present and interacting with all of it. And the reason why I'm even more participant and anchored in all of it is because I'm able to be in it and not throw any projection or judgment around. Wow. I just had this amazing um, visual. It was the the mental image of you standing in the middle of a storm and without resisting what's happening and trying to fight the storm, you're kind of swaying with it and 
and dancing with it with grace. Yeah. And it's, it's such a beautiful image. It's like, yes, we're, we're in a storm, but if you fight it, it's not going to become less of a storm. What resists persists. And if you just stand there and feel what the storm is doing without reacting to it, just letting yourself kind of flow with it and, and dance with what comes to, to you, then there is no anger in that and there's no resistance. And yet there is a form of, I don't want to use the word manipulation because that's not what it is, but a leading or a, a transformation or an effect that takes place, right? Depending on how you, what position you take in it or how you move with it right? So if we move aggressively out in the world, we'll get a, an aggressive reaction. But if we flow and we let things be and we gently bring other perspectives without, without the intention of changing anything, but just to bring a different perspective, well, we're just planting seeds and it may grow or it might, may not grow. And it may do nothing, but in essence, that's just an expression of us standing in our truth without wanting to project anything on the other person or out in the world. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And we're, and we're not seeing here to not feel fear. Like we're, uh, what we're saying here is to let yourself feel it fully, actually. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So this morning um, I was having a conversation with my partner and we were talking about money and uh, I was very calmly and presently sitting there listening to uh, my partner speak about it. And there was certain words he would say that would trigger a wave of fear in my, in me, in my body. And I could have felt it and reacted to that and blah, thrown out a, a, a bunch of judgments and you know, freak out words and reacted, but I let myself feel it. And they were, they came in waves according to what he was saying. And I let myself just be and feel and let, let them go. Because if you just be and feel something, they go, they have nothing to latch onto because you're being present. So there's nothing to latch onto. I find that these feelings and emotions and fear, it latches on when you invite it and when you acknowledge it and feed it, it's like an invitation for it to like, kind of jump on and latch on. <laughs> so um, I was uh, observing the fear and it was not very comfortable, but um, at the end of the conversation, it was what I noticed was that the person felt, my partner felt very supported and safe and clear with his, with how to proceed regarding the subject and regarding the, um, the, the circumstance he was mulling over in his mind and he was voicing. And I recognized that that's the very best thing I could have done for him was be present with him and let him speak. And for sure, he was also feeling a similar fear response I was feeling and we were processing it together. And by not latching on and freaking out, we came to solutions. We came to clarity and we, we left that conversation with connection. So you see how that demonstrates what we're talking about here? I That is so clear. And I commend you for being able to 
maintain that space with your partner because oftentimes the people that are closest to us is makes that even more challenging for whatever reason and you're able to do that with your partner and I think that's really beautiful know and I know like what I'm hearing is your insides were screaming to react and to to uh voice out your judgments and stop him in his words and cut him off and probably bring you know project whatever fear you were experiencing but you were able to just be present with it and not react to it and as a result something positive came out of the conversation you actually came to an agreement or or you came to an understanding because you understood him instead of of just wanting to react. Totally, totally. That's it. And if 2020 taught me anything, it taught me that when I am in a fear and survival mode, I can't think clearly. I don't have clarity. I can't maintain connection. And I can't really think and feel for myself because... Uh, fear has taken over and it's raining over everything within me. So I've, yeah, I've learned that. I learned that really quickly in 2020. And I also saw it collectively in a huge way when a lot of people are afraid in the world. Oh my God, the ability to think and feel for themselves is gone. And it's literally like a sheeple effect, right? It's like, well, I can't trust myself. So let me look outside and get the clarity and the connection out there outside of me. Yeah. When uh, there's a saying that I use a lot with my clients and that is when emotions are high, intelligence is low. Yeah. There you so go. If, and I've, I've practiced that so much for myself because I, I find that is so true that if I'm emotional, if my emotions are really high. I'm not being mindful or conscious or smart even about uh, my communication and so imagine that on a grand scale, which is what's happening right now. Who's not emotional out there, right? Mm -hmm. So when we, when we express ourselves out of fear and anger and insecurity, then of course it's coming out all off. So going back to what you said, uh, that's such a perfect example of how you were able to control yourself and control not control I, I don't like the word control what's what's another word for it be with it you were able to be with it and not react to it and that created a more favorable outcome and if we could all do that for ourselves amongst each other on a personal and societal scale imagine the transformation that would have Oh my God. Yeah. And we are seeing it happen now because a lot of people did wake up in 2020 a, a lot. Whoa. And more and more are waking up. So we are witnessing it now. And that's maybe why we're also feeling such a very big shift in the air that we were the one we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. I want to explore a theme that you brought up here. You said when emotions are high, intelligence is low. Let's explore this. What kind of intelligence are we talking about? Are we talking about like a left brain intelligence? That's not what we're saying. It's almost like um, like a whole a wholeness intelligence, right? 
I'll call. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Your I didn't specify, and I that actually brought me to thought. And yes, you're you're right. It's uh, it's an emotional intelligence. It's an emotional intelligence. Yeah, because what if your left brain analytical mind was really high? You're also equally <laughs> disconnected and far from a conscious presence space, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's some people out. Uh, I've spoken to some people recently who said it's all about science. Let's just fully trust and put everything in our hands of science. And, <laughs> and it's again, it's the same thing. It's just a different. It's a different. Um, the pendulum has gone in the other direction here. And I'm not putting science down at all. I'm not putting emotional intelligence down at all. They are both very um, beautiful and important in a in their balanced state, right? Yeah, and if we want to be scientific about it, let's put it this way. If if we're experiencing strong emotion, so let's say I'm really angry. I'm really angry and I'm living that anger towards somebody. Well, if I speak through that anger, then I am reacting, right, to my anger. And I'm probably going to say things that I don't mean. Right. And so many people, we all do things that we also potentially could regret and so on and so forth. But the point to that is that we're saying and doing things that lead towards results that are probably not favorable or wanted. You know, like if I'm lashing out, it's not because I want to be destructive or be mean. The end of the situation, the result of the situation, I want to end in a positive note. I want a good relationship with this person, or I want to come to clarity, or I want to come to an understanding, or I want to come to an agreement. And if I lash out out of anger, well, I'm not going to come to an agreement or to understanding, or I'm not going to get that person to listen to me at all. So if I if I let those emotions, those emotions come down and be with them and come back to the conversation from uh, a more conscious state, well, then I'm in a space where I can listen to the other person and communicate and create listening on the other person's side too. Exactly. Exactly. You're demonstrating here a perfect example of what it's like to navigate through <laughs> that fear reaction response and to come back to clarity and connection. We're going to be seeing um, this express itself in a, in a whole spectrum of different um, ways. Some people perhaps who are still really stuck in that duality and the judgment and I'm on this team, you're on that team, survival mode, I'm deathly afraid, I can't trust myself, let me look outside for the answers. And then you're going to have people who got it, who really woke up <laughs> and said, wait a minute hold on, I am going to self-source. I'm going to source from within myself now and trust my inner guidance because there's just so much contradictory and quite frankly, very sketchy <laughs> information uh, that's gone, it's so far out now. And I think people are realizing that, that perhaps we have not been given the most honest information. So um, there is a very beautiful awakening and it's a process we're all going to go about it in our own unique way. I have a feeling that we're all going to go together. I feel like because this is such a global reach, we're all, 
it's not just like it's a certain part of the world. It's everywhere. So how beautiful is it that <clears throat> how beautiful is it that we can all experience this together and really learn how to navigate through our relationship with fear and uh, when I talk about this with people, it's like as if people are so adapted to living in a fear culture that they don't even know what it's like to not have that. It's been so programmed. And uh, I took a step away from a lot of uh, media. I took a very big conscious step away from that uh, quite some time ago. And I allowed myself to live from a space of um, not having so much um, external sourcing tell me how to live or what's going wrong in the world constantly. And um, I was able to really explore the world of self-sourcing, inner resourcing, what we're talking about here. And um, I feel a lot closer to my own innate connection and to wholeness, to consciousness, just like what you're talking about here. I feel a lot closer to that. And a part of me at first almost judged people <laughs> for still choosing to indoctrinate themselves with this literally daily do daily dose of fear is what it is, you know. And and that's when I was having those visceral reactions and realizing, no, I'm not going to participate in in this judgment game and in this fear survival game. I'm going to choose to. Uh, embrace everyone where they're at. And I can only do that if I'm standing in a conscious space. I can't do that if I'm, if I'm acting from a place of reactivity or fear. You were mentioning just a minute ago how you're noticing that, or, or you had trouble with the fact that certain people chose to feed into the fear. Is that a conscious choice according to you? That those the other people are making? Mm -hmm. Are other people consciously choosing that? Um, I feel it's a demonstration of just how deep we've been programmed. <laughs> just how deeply, collectively, we have been programmed to, to be fearful and it's so important to remember when we're in fear, we can't think or feel for ourselves. We will look outside. We don't trust ourselves. It's very hard. So what a beautiful contribution to be like, okay, this is 2021. I'm going to feel the fear, breathe through it, navigate with it, and then continue to reach for a space of being, wholeness, consciousness, and recognize that this is one of the very best things that I can contribute. And the mind may look at that and say, that's not doing anything or that's not going to do. How could that benefit? I should be going out there and making change and voicing and da, 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 da. Okay. That's the dialogue of the mind. <laughs> and that's totally fine. There's a space for it. The mind wants to keep us safe. So there's a space for that. I get it. Okay. Thank you. But I can choose to feed different aspects of myself. I choose not to feed that even though it pipes up a lot, I'm still choosing to not <laughs> keep it engaged as much as I can. And I choose instead to reach for more, you know, people are going to call this different things. It could be the heart space. It could be source energy. Some people might even call it God. Some people might even call it the soul or the spirit. 
Um, I call it inner guidance, intuition, whatever. It's all the same here, whatever you want to call it. This is, um, that dialogue there is totally different. So the dialogue of that space compared to the mind space, oh my God, totally different. And they're not going to get each other. The mind is not going to (laughs) get that heart space no matter what. It's just not, that's not the function of it. And in my other podcasts, I I was talking about, it's like as if you're trying to find the engine of a car in the trunk. It's like you're, if you're trying to find consciousness through your mind space, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it. Go in the trunk, go in the trunk, look every corner in the trunk. (laughs) You're not going to find it there because that's not where it is. We literally have to make a shift an internal shift. That's the only way. And that's how our truth evolves, dear ones. If you enjoyed this episode, give it a like and comment. You can contact Ariane on her website, theinwardpath.com, and her social media links are in the show notes below. Sending you all high vibes, and we'll see you next time.